Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salenti. And once again, we are honored today to have with us a man of men, someone who knows the Constitution and the Bill of Rights like nobody else that I know. And if you could find anybody that knows it better than Judge Andrew Napolitano, please let me know. And each week he talks about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and how our rights have been robbed from us and continue to be lost. And Judge, thanks for being here today. You have another article that's coming out tomorrow. No warrant, no problem. And it's about how, how there used to be a thing called the Fourth Amendment. It uh, <laughs> seems to not exist anymore. Could you explain it, please? Well, the Fourth Amendment. Thank you, Gerald. And thanks for the kind introduction. As, as people watching us now undoubtedly know, the Fourth Amendment was written to secure the right to privacy it expressly guarantees that right and expressly says the government can only interfere with that right when it gets a search warrant based on probable cause of crime sworn to under oath to the judge who signs the warrant. So when the feds want to surveil us and they don't have evidence of crime, but they just have an insatiable attitude for information about us, here's what was revealed last week. Avril Haynes not well known to the public, but Joe Biden's director of national intelligence. She's the nominal boss of the 16, 16 federal spying agencies that the government acknowledges, delivered a report to the Senate in which she revealed that her agencies regularly purchase data about us from the entities with which we are unwitting custodians. As an example, they want to know where I drove my truck in the past two weeks. They will go to General Motors and say, there's a computer chip in Judge Napolitano's uh, truck. Download the computer chip and send us a bill. And General Motors will say, well, he voluntarily drove the truck. He's voluntarily telling us where the truck is going. So yeah, we'll give you that information. That is doing indirectly by buying it from a private entity, what they could never do directly, getting a search warrant because they have no evidence of crime. So they do this in massive, massive uh, numbers. It's massive warrantless spying from the manufacturer of your motor vehicle to your computer telecom uh, to your bank, to anybody else that has records about you, and she revealed it. Did anybody in the Congress complain? One senator, a hard lefty, who's very good on civil liberties, he's terrific on civil liberties and privacy, uh, Senator uh, Ron Wyden, the only one who complained. They should strip from the budgets of these intelligence agencies all funds to do this, they should fire and have prosecuted anybody who does this. It is a blatant violation of their oaths to uphold, protect, and defend the Constitution. Calling them intelligence agencies is an oxymoron. Yes, it is. They call themselves. I know we're going to talk later about Russian intel. They have coined this phrase uh, going back to the post-World War II uh, era. And they think they're the smartest people uh, on the planet. What they Tell have, me. of course, is dirt. Personal what have they done? baggage on members of Congress. So their budgets never decrease. They always increase. I'm yeah, sorry. and what have they done? What, 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 have, what 
Tell me what great things these so-called intelligence agencies have accomplished. Oh, what did they do on 9-11? They were asleep at the switch when the country was, uh, was attacked. What have they done? They spy on each other. It's games that they uh, play. I've been asking my uh, intel guys this week, does the CIA spy on President and Mrs. Biden in the White House? They don't want to answer that. These are guys that you and I know, like Phil Giraldi. They don't want to answer that. Look, because the, the intelligence community, lowercase or uppercase I, because that's proper noun, it doesn't describe their intellect, has such a voracious and insatiable appetite for uh, personal information uh, about us that they will go uh, to these links. This is a fishing net. Let's just put a fishing net out there, see what we can find on Salenti, see what we can find on RFK Jr., see what we can find on, on Judge Napolitano. That's the exact thing that the Fourth Amendment was written to prohibit. Well, you know, you, you write in your article, you talk about the Stamp Act and how the uh, when America was a colony under the British, they had the Stamp Act. And could you explain more about that? The Stamp Act required that everyone in the colonies, not in Great Britain, or there would have been a revolution there, everyone in the colonies have a stamp on every piece of paper. So every book, every pamphlet, every letter, every financial document, even a poster to be nailed to a tree. You had to go to a, a British government post office, really, and buy the stamp. Now, it wasn't a stamp like we use today. It was more akin to a, a rubber stamp, which they put on. Uh, with a stencil, and it was a British regal insignia. So the issue is, how did the British government 3,000 miles away know if their uh, colonists were complying with the Stamp Act? They gave British agents and soldiers general warrants. A general warrant says, search where you want, seize whatever you find. It doesn't specifically describe the place to be searched or the person or thing to be seized. It isn't based on probable cause of crime. It's based on government need. What the hell kind of a standard is government need? Whatever the government wants, it'll claim it needs. The government wanted to get into the homes of the, of the uh, colonists under the pretext of looking for the stamps. What were they really looking for? Ah, they were looking for revolutionary materials so they could predict who was going to foment resistance to the king. A group of students at the College of New Jersey, which eventually became Princeton, did some math and figured out that it cost more to enforce the Stamp Act than was generated by sales of the stamp. Now, what kind of a revenue generating measure costs more than they bring in? Ah, one whose goal is not revenue, but whose goal is to get inside the colonists' homes. The Fourth Amendment was written to assure that that would never happen here. It's happening here digitally. So it's it's the Stamp Act 2.0. Yes, I didn't think of it that way. I could very well have entitled the piece the Stamp Act 2.0. You're exactly uh, correct. So what has happened, as I see it, is that the United States has become the country that our founding fathers fought against. Yes. And it's the mentality of Great Britain those lovely, lovely Brits who speak so properly and the sun never set on the British Empire as they slaughtered millions of people around the world and stole whatever they wanted and killed whoever they wanted to. 
But you have to say it properly. And that's become America. What's your favorite war? You like the Vietnam War? No, I like the Iraq War. I like the second Iraq War better than the first Iraq War. I like the Afghan War. Uh, How about the Libyan War? Hey, about that Yugoslavian War? What Yugoslavian War? Oh, you mean when NATO, when the Bill Clinton attacked Yugoslavia and destroyed the plane? Mm -hmm. Oh, forget that. Don't even talk about that. Oh, how about Assad has to go? Oh, we only killed, oh, about 700,000 Syrian people have died since Barack Obama said Assad has to go. We become the country that our founding fathers have fought against. They've robbed us of our rights every week, every week. You are writing about how they've robbed our our constitutional rights. So when when um, Jefferson and company coined the, coined the phrase taxation without representation is tyranny. Do you know what the highest tax rate was collectively because it wasn't on income imposed by the Brits on the colonists? Three <laughs> percent today. Living in, if you lived in New York City and made a good income, it would be about fifty-nine percent. Yeah, and that's something. But three percent was enough for a bloody revolution. What is fifty-nine percent enough for? Yeah. Wow. You know, Just, and you're, you're exactly right. We have become the country from which we rebelled. Yep. Far worse far less freedom, far more confiscatory uh, taxes, far heavier and intrusive government than Jefferson and Madison could ever have imagined. Look what they did with the COVID war crap. Correct. Close down your business. I'm the governor. I'll tell you what to do. Look at that little piece of crap you got over there, that little Murphy boy. Oh, where did he come from? The Goldman Sachs gang? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. How about that arrogant little boy we had over here, Andy Cuomo? I'm a daddy's boy. I'm renaming the Tappan Zee Bridge after my daddy. Close your business down. I'll tell you what to do. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you, Judge. You know what's happened in America? There's no fight. The people have lost their fight. They're not fighters. Well, somebody who's willing to fight on all of this is giving Joe Biden and company sleepless nights. And that's Bobby Kennedy Jr. He's now up to 26% of Democrats. And that's before Joe tripped and fell and claimed he fell on a sandbag, which wasn't there. That's before Joe, on the day his secretary of state returned home from trying to patch up differences with China, called the president of China a dictator. That's before Joe ended a speech on Second Amendment rights, which he doesn't believe in, with God save the queen. All this stuff is giving the Democrats conniptions and Bobby poll numbers that they cannot overlook. Well, you know me. I was the first guy to call it. I said, yes, you were. RFK Jr. and Judge Andrew Napolitano for vice president. I said that going back to what, November of last year? Yes, you did. In those days, you could only whisper it to me. Now we talk about it openly. <laughs> yeah, I said on the air a number of times. Uh, no, it's like the videos of me saying it over and over again. Right. You know, Judge, you were talking about um, Joe Biden before. 
Look what just happened with Hunter Biden over there. Yeah. He got a slap on the wrist for uh, for what for the crimes that he committed. So the taxes that he failed to report, the taxes were one point four million. I oh. don't know what the base income was. You can do the math. It must have been five, six, seven, ten million for the taxes to be uh, one point four. Depending. Stop upon right the there. Stop right there. You're saying that he had made like $10 million? Well, I don't know the number, but whatever that number is, the IRS calculated based on his his pattern in the past of, of his deductions, whether he has legitimate business deductions or not, that his tax bill would be 1.4. So he still owes the taxes, but the rest was a uh, slap on the wrist. He pleads well, Let's guilty. stop at the taxes. How does this guy... Uh, earn that kind of money because this last how does name he earn Biden. that kind of money how does he earn that kind of money well he must have parlayed his last name as as the uh, trump kids did as people do when their uh, daddies are in power uh he was at one point paid fifty thousand dollars a month by a natural gas company called barisma i don't know what services he could possibly have provided that were worth 50,000 a month other than his name on some literature. His father was the vice president of the United States at the time. The Republicans claim that this was a scheme to bribe Joe. Um, unfortunately for human justice, even if everything the Republicans say is true, the statute of limitations has expired. It will crush what legacy he may have left, but he, it's not going to take away his liberty. He can't be prosecuted for it. That is Joe or Hunter. They did commence the prosecution on his tax issues because uh, the, the statute of limitations is different. It's 20 years on income tax evasion. It's only five years on bribery. <laughs> yeah. You know, going back to Burisma Energy, that was a um, Ukrainian company, a natural gas company, uh, that, by the way, there was somebody else involved in that, too, that was making money sitting on the board of directors. That other arrogant boy, that John Kerry's stepson, Christopher Hines from the Hines 57 family, also got dough from that. Wow. He was part of that deal. And again, going back to to um, what happened, uh, Hunter Biden, again, it's one big club and you ain't in it, as as George Collins said. He gets a slap. If if I'm caught, I had pull over. Your back light wasn't on over your over your your license plate. Where were you? How many drinks did you have? Stand on your head. Repeat the alphabet backwards. We're taking you to jail. You're zero one percent over the limit. But hey, Hunter Biden, give him a slap on the wrist. Well, this will make you even more uh, aggravated. The gun charge is not a guilty plea. So he's accused, it's actually not a gun charge, it's actually um, perjury. So when you go to buy a gun legally, even in states where you can just um, buy it in a store and put it on your belt, you do have to fill out at least a federal form in which they ask you if you're a habitual drug user. When he filled out that form in Delaware, he said no. Then he wrote his autobiography and he published in the autobiography that he is a habitual uh, drug user. So the feds charged him uh, with perjury, lying under oath to the federal government, because you have to swear under oath on this um, document about whether or not you're a habitual drug user. 
On that charge, they are giving him a pretrial intervention, meaning they will monitor him for two years. If he doesn't commit a crime and if his urine doesn't show any traces of drugs, then that charge will be dismissed as if it had never been filed. That's about as good a deal as you can possibly get. So two misdemeanor failure to pay tax um, or failure to report tax in a timely income in a timely manner uh, and uh, one pretrial uh, intervention, total of two years uh, of probation. So, now, uh, Biden's people will say, we didn't negotiate this. It was negotiated by a Trump-appointed Republican U.S. attorney. That is true. Um, it is also true that the level of these crimes did not require, the resolution of these crimes did not require the approval of the attorney general. Uh, because they're the, the way the federal government's books are written, this this is a crime that the local U.S. attorney, this Trump appointee, can resolve on his own. Whether or I not, me, within, if I committed these crimes, what would they do against me? Oh, you, you'd be uh, prosecuted with jail time, no question. You, me, almost anybody uh, with with a tax bill of that magnitude. And that's why we have these T-shirts. Hey, politicians, <laughs> boo the F for you to tell me what to do. And that's, well, that's, <laughs> that's, who, that's who these people are. You got to get Bobby. You got to get Bobby Kennedy to wear that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get these by going to trendsjournal.com, trendsjournal.com. And go to our just hit shop. So, Judge, in close enough, your hand did you model for this, or is that somebody else? Those fingers look bigger than yours. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're not mine. But by the way, that was my cousin Elizabeth's idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the um, on another note, another sad note, you know, one of my sayings is when all else fails, they take you to war. And someone just called me this morning and said, you know, we hear you say that all the time. But the other thing is, when war fails, they'll take us to nuclear war. And the Ukraine war is failing. And you just sent me an article uh, that uh, you, you wrote, a, and it, it's very, 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 very powerful. Could you explain more about that and what's going well, on? It was, it, was a, it was a statement on the Internet posted by the head of FSB. FSB is the... Russian CIA. Now, we all know that each of these, I know you don't like this word, but they call themselves this, each of these intel agencies spy on each other. The CIA spies on Mossad, Mossad spies on the CIA. The FSB spies on the CIA, the CIA spies on the FSB. They, we all know that. The head of the FSB said last night, we know from spying on our partners and our enemies in the intelligence community, that the Western nations now realize that Ukraine is losing and will lose this war. <clears throat> they realize it internally, and they know that we know that they realize it. And yet they are still funding the war. He's 100% correct. We know from the documents that that kid, Jack Teixeira, has been indicted, kid of Massachusetts, for revealing that the entire uh, Pentagon, uh, <clears throat> the brass in the Pentagon, is of the view 
that Ukraine can't win the war. And still, we're sending billions and billions over there. Yep. Yep. No, it, it doesn't stop. And, you know, when I said that they, um, uh, <laughs> when all else fails, they take you to war, a nuclear war, <clears throat> on um, Business Insider, they've been over the last twice this month already, they've had headline stories on what to do in case there's a nuclear attack in a city near you. These are the head, one of the headlines. Oh God, what do you do? You ready? This is June 16th, so this isn't ancient history. Where to find food and water that's safe to eat in the event of a nuclear apocalypse? Wow. What are you talking to, a, a first grader over here? What? Nuclear apocalypse? What, what are you talking about, safe water and food? Your life on Earth is going to be destroyed. Wow. They are, I'm telling you, these are demonic people that are in charge of our, our country. And not only our country, all over the world. And that if we don't turn this around, it, it, it's the end coming soon. It, there's, um, it, it's one after another coming. And they, the, the Russians are saying now more and more that we've had enough and we're going to keep fighting and you're not going to win. That, that guy Lavrov came out yesterday, let NATO fight. Russia is prepared. Right now, Russia has the best and the most experienced army uh, in the world. Yep. The last war the U.S. fought, the last real war the U.S. fought was World War II, and nobody's in the military today that was there at the time. Since then, we fought a bunch of goat herders, uh, or we dropped bombs on, on people like uh, Yugoslavia. Uh, but the Russians have fought real wars. They're very well trained and very well armed, no matter what General Petraeus said, and they're very Petraeus. well led. And that, that's and another Petraeus betrayed uh, us. You, you got it wrong. Another arrogant boy. Another arrogant boy. Petraeus. Oh, that was the clown boy. And what was it called? Uh, the Afghan troop surge. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and how yeah. we're going to be so successful? That betrayed us. The oh, what, same what, guy, what same kind of guy, guy last same guy last week from his uh, beautiful office at uh, Kohlberg Kravis Roberts um, Financial House uh, said, "Ukraine's in good shape. Ukraine's going to win uh, the offensive. Yeah. Let's give them a little time." I have scratched my head and wonder why he does that. He's out of the game. He's no longer a general. Uh, he knows that we know that what he's saying is not true. I don't know what he gains by this. We got a bunch of slime balls in charge. Again, you said he's with KKK. How about F-U-C-K? These are all, <laughs> when we were young guys, there were, no, there were no venture capitalists. There were no hedge funds. There were no private equity groups. They didn't exist when we were young guys. They've taken over the world. The rich are in charge of everything. The multi-billionaires and multi-millionaires. And all the way there's a guy with, I got to be careful because I just saw an article that came out that they're, they're watching out for people that come out against the people like Miley. That's our, uh, what are the head of the, what was it? Chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff? Yeah. Or, or right. Austin Powers, or Austin, Austin Powers. Why yeah. <laughs> <Lloyd> Austin? Why <Lloyd> Austin? <laughs> Scott Ritter. Uh, against uh, them. They're going to come after you. 
Scott Ritter has called General uh, Miley a liar. Yep. Because he knows that what he's saying is not true. And it's another head scratcher. He's only got uh, two or three more months in his term. Why is he still parroting what the administration wants to hear when he knows it's not true? And look what that guy looks like. Look what he looks like. Looks like as unhealthy as could be. Yes. And these are the people telling us what to do. So anyway, one more article. If a nuclear bomb is dropped on your city, here's what you should and shouldn't do to increase your chance of staying alive. Business Insider, Friday, June 9th. They are preparing us for nuclear war. It doesn't matter what's in that article because there's nothing you can do to stay alive if you're in a city that's been bombed with a nuclear bomb. Uh, of course not. Bomb. No, you, you know what you do? You bend over and you kiss your ass goodbye. Right. And say, the ro- say the rosary. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Judge, thanks for being on. Uh, pleasure, appreciate it for your knowledge and information that only you get from Judge Napolitano. Thanks so much, Judge. Thank you, Gerald. All the best to you, my friend.